Hello, good morning, and welcome to Raider Nation Radio. It's the morning tailgate here on this Thursday. Lindsey Brown, Clay Baker here with you, and Vinny Bonsignor live at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, getting you ready for today's events, and it all begins now at Indianapolis. It's the epicenter of the NFL. Nine o'clock, we'll talk to Case Kiefer from the Las Vegas Sun, and we also got great sound from Antonio Pierce from yesterday, all that and more on a big part of your Thursday morning. 702-365-9200 is the text line. You can hit us up here on the text line as well as on the phone. Same number and up on X at RNR 920 AM. Lindsay, Clay, and Vinny. Vinny live in Indianapolis. Vinny, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Hey, good thanks. So uh it's uh it, it's busy. Set the scene for us on what it's like for like the first day of drills at the NFL Combine. Yeah, and that's always uh, at the stadium. We're at the convention center, which is uh, connected uh, to the uh, to, to um, you know Lucas Oil Stadium. So uh, basically, you what you see here uh, where we are are all the interviews uh, that are being uh, done. It's I mean, picture a convention center. Mm-hmm. So you have all these various um, you know rooms in a convention center. There's actually another. There's a safety. Uh, convention going on here in Indianapolis as well, so they're sharing uh, the convention center. <laughs> what, what does so that see, mean? What does that entail? A safety? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's like uh, you know uh, CPR and all that oh, kind of okay. stuff, safety stuff. So, um, so we see them with their with their credentials uh, walking around, and I think Perfect they're match. probably probably wondering what's what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Um, but uh, so today, uh, like yesterday, we we spoke to the linebackers and defensive linemen. Uh, today, they go out on the field uh, later tonight and start doing their you know drills and workouts and that's what you'll see on television today we're talking to the cornerbacks so a bunch of really good uh, cornerbacks and safeties in this draft so they'll talk to us they'll do their interviews with teams today and 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 later tonight they'll do their weigh-ins they'll get their medicals checked out uh, they'll do all of that end of it uh, and then they'll go do their bench press and and that sort of stuff and then tomorrow they'll take the field and they'll work out and then so you know uh, later on in the week on on Friday morning that's when we talk to the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and they go through that same thing that I just described for the players that are, you know, today's players, the cornerbacks and safeties. Then on Saturday, they'll get on the field. And it all culminates on Saturday morning with all the offensive linemen um, will be will be here talking to us uh, and going through their medicals and all that other stuff. And then on Sunday, they'll get on the field and start uh, doing their workouts. I'm curious what these guys do when it's not their day. You know, is it, do they just go to the gym, kind of go through their workouts, whatever their normal routine, or do they have other responsibilities uh, yeah, besides no, performing? There's definitely um, there's there's meetings with teams. There's informal meetings with teams. There's formal meetings with teams. Every team gets uh, 30 players that they can uh, sit with for about 15 minutes. Uh, it's literally in a room, and when your 15 minutes are over, there's a big bullhorn that you know blares and says time to go. Uh, and so then that player leaves. If he has another uh, interview scheduled, he goes to uh, another interview room to meet with you know a, a, another team. So. Uh, they're they're pretty much always doing something, whether it's the you know the the weight room stuff, which they have to do. Obviously, you get on the field, and that's when you run. That's when you do your agility drills. Uh, but there's a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, interfacing with teams and interfacing with us, mm-hmm. and then going out uh, and and doing your weight room work, and then uh, the on field stuff. So it's 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 pretty much twenty four seven for the players that are here. Something related to 
their career, the job interview that they're undergoing right now. Right on. We're talking to Vinny, who's live from Indianapolis at the Combine. Uh, drills officially getting underway today, starting at 12 p.m. linebacker and defensive line. Uh, when they're done, though, do they leave? Uh, just to keep expanding to, to understand just fully the experience, because not everybody has the same schedule, and that's okay. It just it, it creates different experiences for different position groups. Yeah, um, as of, for instance, when I flew in on Monday, uh, my plane, I connected through Dallas, uh, and half of my plane were, were defensive linemen and linemen, so they were mm-hmm. getting into, and, uh, and, and linebackers, so they were getting into town uh, on Monday to get their clock started on Tuesday, uh, and then, um, you know, uh, other positional players were starting to come in on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, most of everybody's here by now, but yes, uh, when you're done, you're done. You go back home and you're, you know, moving on to now preparing for your pro day, um, and, and whatever else that you have going a little bit of a break. I'll never forget talking to Cooper cup, um, during OTAs of his second NFL season. And, uh, we were sitting there you know, just kind of shooting the, shooting the stuff. And, and he's like, you know, I look back at last year. From the minute he stopped playing football at Eastern Washington his senior year and started preparing for football, he goes, I really honestly did not have a break until the season ended in January. It was you go straight from playing your final year in college football to then preparing for all of this. And, you know, Lindsay, you've been an athlete, a a high-level athlete. You know that there's different kinds of training. Mm -hmm. Like when you're training for the – when you're training for the combine, you're not training for necessarily the senior ball, which is actual football. You're going out there and practicing and doing regular football stuff. This is way more specialized in terms of you got to get that 40 time up, you got to get your weight right, you got to get, you know, practice on your on your on your uh, bench press, on your agility drills. All of that is kind of specialized training for this. Uh, and then after this, then it's you know getting ready for your pro days and all the interviews. And there's and it it goes really deep on that because. Now teams are inviting you to come to their facility to talk to you. So you're on a plane and going, you know, for one day you're visiting this team and the next day that team. It's all of this crazy stuff that literally leads up to the draft. Basically, you may have about, you know, just a little bit of downtime before the draft. But once the draft hits, uh, you get drafted. Now you're into, you know, uh, rookie minicamp. You're into OTAs. Uh, You're into, you know, all of that. And then you, you, you get a couple, three weeks off before before the start of training camp, but of course you're training for training camp. So it's just nonstop for these guys. And, and I remember Cooper cup telling me, man, I had never, I never realized how tired I truly was until that end of the season in January. And now I don't have to prepare for this. I could take some time off to just prepare for next season and hone my game and everything like that. So it is, it's just a rat race for these guys. Uh, These next basically 12, well, really going back to their, their last game of their last season, uh, it's a 12-month uh, deal, and it's just nonstop for them. It's Vinny live in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. Antonio Pierce, Raiders head coach, talked yesterday oh, at yeah. length. Um, uh, we'll play some of the audio. We got like we got the audio in like three different uh, sections. We'd like to play some of it for you coming up next. But what was the overall uh, take of like how this looked like inside the room there, and how many people were there? Because it seemed like there was a lot of Raider media members and other national media members as well. No national media members, uh, just uh, the people that made the trip. Me, Q, um, uh, Tashawn Reed was there from the uh, from uh, you know the athletic, and and uh, Vic Tafer was there from the athletic, and then you know their in-house uh, uh, media group. But but really, it was a very small 
um, select audience. Antonio did not talk at the podium. Uh, the podium is here at the convention center, uh, and that's where anybody that's here could go listen in on, you know, uh, the, the New England Patriots general manager or the Chicago Bears coach or Tom Telesco when, when he spoke at the podium. Uh, but then when ha- for whatever reason, Antonio just didn't talk uh, at the podium. He did a, a very um, kind of informal very low-key, uh, select kind of media over at their their hotel, uh, the Conrad Hotel, which is kind of right down the street here from uh, from the convention center. And oh, by the way, irony of all ironies, who do we run into yesterday after we wrap up with Antonio Pierce? We'll definitely get to that because I felt like he said a lot of interesting things. But as we we, we spoke to him upstairs in a uh, in a little conference room, as we're leaving to head back here to the uh, to the convention center, who's in the hotel lobby? Dave Ziegler, the Raiders' former general manager. Oh. And why was he there? Well, he's a consultant right now through the draft for the new for the uh, New Orleans Saints and the Saints. Um, you know, coaches and, and executives they're sharing that same hotel with the Raiders and the Conrads. So, and got a chance to talk to Dave. And if you want to add even more irony, the flight that he took Southwest Airlines from Las Vegas to Indianapolis, he shared with all the Raider staffers that were coming out here. So oh uh, can God. you imagine how crazy that is? It's just... Uh, the <laughs> and you get to pick your own seats on Southwest. And so I you hope do. that he truly stirred the pot and picked a middle seat right between a, a right. couple of the members. That would be truly juicy. Well, the, you know, he was A1, so he got to pick wherever he wanted. And, I'm, I, you know, he, when, I, when I have the A, you know, uh, when I'm in the A group, for me, it's aisle or window. There is no way I'm sitting in the middle, and uh, I don't know anyone that uh, that wants to sit in the middle. But, um, but yeah. So, uh, so it was probably a pretty pretty interesting plane ride. Uh, him flying out with all his uh, former coworkers. You know, that, not too long ago, actually. Just leave the light on. Air on blast, window open the whole time. Yeah, no have, window open. Yeah, have your uh, have your well, say it, If you're trying to, you know, to pump those competitive juices, right? That's what you got to <laughs> do. Anything to get them a little bit uh, agitated or off their game. Oh, I, I love I love the guy who's going to have like the laptop open, and then he doesn't uh, have the earphones totally plugged in, so you yes. hear right. all the sound just yes. blaring left and right. No, that just that just I, the looks I give people who like even on an afternoon flight shut. The window. We all want to sleep here. We don't need all that light coming in and and all that. That's but then I yeah. want to look outside and pretend I'm in a music video. Yeah. Well. Uh, Main yeah. character energy. Yeah. I'll, I feel I'll, like I'm I hear Celine guy. Dion singing to me. Yes. I'm the guy who politely will say, "Do you mind?" Do you mind? And uh, and usually, a lot of times, people are just oblivious. Oh yeah, sure. You know, yeah. uh, but but there are those determined people that want the uh, window open the entire flight, and that's just uh, that's just a it's just a sin. It's a sin to be doing that. Oh, and, this and, is good stuff, I, and yeah. I, I love it that uh, that that Dave made the trip out there. But at the same time, yeah, you can tell when you're like, you know, uh, boarding. You know, you're just kind of like waiting for your flight. You're like, hey, what's up? What, what are you What are you doing here? And <laughs> right. actually, you know, those those conversations begin. But uh, it's good because Dave is uh, really good at this. Uh, I felt like he was, you know, really preparing, you know, his staff last year for the Raiders to everyone be on the same page to make sure they hit the draft really hard because coming off the Senior Bowl, you could tell that there was like a real onus to get the draft right because they didn't have the money in free agency to go and add guys that they wanted to. Yeah. And by the way, real quick about Southwest, um, and you're, you're absolutely right about that, but I, I probably told this story, but Sean McVay had the best Southwest story of all time. And it was literally uh, coming back from the Combine uh, when he was uh, the Ram- obviously he's the Rams coach. So uh, it's Southwest. So as Lindsay pointed out, for those who haven't flown Southwest, 
there's no assigned seating. You know, uh, you, you get a, uh, a designation of when you get on the plane, and then you get to pick whatever, whatever seat you want, right? So uh, <laughs> Sean was, he was in the A group, early A group, probably A1. And um, who, was, who was there on his flight uh, that was on, like, the, in the C group <laughs> was uh, Baker Mayfield, then the Oklahoma quarterback, uh, who was getting ready to go number one, coming back to California from, from the scouting combine, right? So uh, Sean's telling me the story, and he's like, you know, I, I loved Oklahoma's offense. You know, I just, he goes, I steal from everybody. And, I, you know, on a Saturday, I'll be watching the Oklahoma football and going, man, they do some fun stuff, you know, uh, over there with Lincoln Riley. So, he sees Baker Mayfield way in the back and totals, you know, hey, what, what group are you in? C group? Oh, okay. So uh, Sean gets on the plane and saves the seat next to him, you know, and Baker's like one of the last people on the flight. And as he's walking up the aisle, Sean's like, Baker, you know, hey, I got a seat for you. And Baker, oh, thanks, sits right next to him. And the reason that Sean did that, he goes, I picked his brain for the next three hours. <laughs> I stole so many plays, <laughs> you know, Oklahoma plays that day, you know. And uh, I was trying to be all nice and play it off, but I was totally stealing, uh, you know, parts of their offense. So Brilliant. he used it t- strategically. Yeah, exactly. Use a couple of free drink coupons. You could get the right? whole sure. damn playbook out of somebody Absolutely. if you if you yoke yeah. them up enough. And I love Southwest because I used to fly that uh, going to college there and back because of the two free check bags, so it was great for hockey bags. But right. one of my teammates who is a complete math whiz, I think for her senior thesis, she was trying to figure out like the most efficient way to load planes. And so whenever I get the chance to bring up Southwest being the best airline, it would drive her nuts because having the choice to choose your own place and, and there's the way that they board apparently is the complete opposite of what you should be doing when it comes to <laughs> staying on time, getting people on and off the plane efficiently, or even let people that want to get on the plane early on and, and they want to wait. Sometimes I'm like, why do you want to wait to sit on there? Right. You know, yeah, it's just why weird. Do you wait? And so shout out to Hallie and, and and Southwest Airlines, her favorite airline. She figured it out. Yeah, she did. Flying the friendly skies with Southwest. Yes, That's yes. fantastic. Right, well, let's get to it. I, I want to hear some of the AP sound. I know everyone else does. Let's get to it now. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll get to what Antonio Pierce said uh, yesterday over at the Combine. It's Vinny in Indianapolis, Lindsay and Clay here in Las Vegas. We'll come back, and we'll also tell you how you could win $2,024 just by listening and texting the Morning Gate. Our vision is clear. Win a division, get into the playoffs, and host that Lombardi Trophy. That's not a promise. That's our vision. That's the vision. And I got a promise for you each and every day. How long this goes, I do not know. But I know if you text the number 702-365-9200 with a special code word that will be named in just a few moments, that you are registered for a chance to win the big old jackpot. We're starting your year off with a great opportunity. Monday through Friday, you have a chance to win 2,024 doll hairs. All you have to do is get the daily code from us and text it to 702-365-9200, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you text us not in between those times, it does not count. And also check your times because if you're an international listener, it's all on Pacific. So make sure you open up that <laughs> right. clock app, double check, and enter in the code word and send it into 702-365-9200. All thanks to Lotus Broadcasting and Raider Nation Radio. And today's code word is the 29th of February. Outlaws! O-U-T-L-A-W-S. Outlaws, plural. I like it. Outlaws. Yep. Outlaws. A band of thieves. Right. A band of thieves. Outlaws. Send it in. Send it in. One per day, per number. Outlaws. And you could be 
a winner of $2,024, a lucky winner. We select all the correct answers that come in and put them in a drawing, and you could be the lucky winner. $2,024, text OUTLAWS to 702-365-9200. So uh, down in Indianapolis, Antonio Pierce spoke with the media, a, a smaller group, Raiders-only media, was able to get can, uh, some some questions in. And we'll, we got several pieces of audio from that, and we'll start it here right now. Uh, live from Indianapolis yesterday as Antonio Pierce talked with media members, and he started off with Vinny Bonsignor as we start to find out a little bit more on who the Raiders are scouting and why. Last time we talked to you, uh, you said that it was just run, 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 run. Um, is it still kind of been that way? Yeah, yeah it's still running. You know, we put the staff together, finalized that last week. Just trying to reach the combine. You know, look at the, the next uh, great future Raiders. Um, I think it's good that, you know, myself, Patrick Graham, Luke, you know, Tim McMahon, all get a chance to go up here and, and be around the players as much as possible. Yeah, the workouts are going to take care of itself, but I think for us to really get to know uh, the individuals, get to see them, speak to them, feel them, let them see us, ask them questions, and then hopefully repeat that process until we get to the draft. What were your uh, goals and objectives on, on putting together that first staff? And you feel like, mm-hmm. how, that pro- how do you feel the process went? Do you feel like you guys were able to meet? Yeah, it was a long process. I mean, I interviewed 11 offensive coordinators, five O-line coaches, six old quarterback coaches. Like, it was a lot of guys, man. It was it was a very thorough process. You know, I had all the coaches in there as well. They were involved in the process because I wanted to make sure, not just for me, but it fit all of us. Um, I feel like we got a group of men that are uh, well-rounded, have a lot of ideas. Um, some guys have done it at the highest level as far as being a head coach for multiple years. Some guys just get into the game. Um, I think you got to mix of both former players, as you see. I think we got seven yeah. that, uh, on the staff. Um, but then also you got some that just, you got some coaches that, you know, when you look at them and you really say, damn, how does, that, how does that match with what Luke is doing or what Patrick? Well, it might not match, but it's, a, it's an idea. It's something that we were either studying, that we had talked about prior, and I said, you know what, let's, let's pull from that system. And let's see, at the end of the day, we're going to still structure everything the way that, you know, myself, Patrick, and Luke, and McMahon sees it. But it's okay to have different ideas and think outside the box. For you, how important was it, AP, to get people who would obviously respect your position as head coach, but weren't afraid to say, hey, I think we can look at other ways of doing things? Yeah, no, I, I, that's one thing I look for. I mean, it's not a dictatorship. I don't run that kind of program, and, and that's not how we are. And I'm not worried about other people um, speaking up or voicing their opinion. I want that. I don't want yes sirs around me. I want people to tell me when I'm right, when I'm wrong, come up with different ideas. Um, and I'm not, I'm thinking, I'm good enough in my own skin where I'm not worried about having former head coaches in there. I'm not, that doesn't bother me. That actually, I don't even know how that's a, a negative. I think that's the total opposite. You know, when you have the opportunity to bring in people like a Marvin Lewis, a Joe Philbin, you know, to have Rob Ryan around, to have Coffin uh, still be on speed dial. Uh, that's, man, that's that's invaluable. Uh, so for me, just putting that whole group together and then mixing them like we just talked about with other guys and, and coming up with the ideas and really problem solvers. Because there's going to be a lot of things that happen over the next. <laughs> it's happening now at the Combine. Um, things that happen over the next couple of weeks and months that I, I won't be prepared for and I won't know. And to get that heads up and get that in advance is, is really good for me. There's a lot of different flavors of quarterbacks that are going to be in this combine. Is there a particular 
style that fits with what the Raiders want to do in your mind? Uh, I just want a leader. I want a guy that can lead, that wants to compete. I want a guy that's uh, not afraid of a challenge because this is a big challenge that we have in front of us, especially you got the world champs in our division again. Um, uh, you know what you got to deal with each and every <laughs> year as long as Patrick Mahomes in that division. And I want somebody that says, you know what, I want to go for that challenge because that's the same way I look at it going against, you know, those four head, those other three head coaches in this division. Um, and then somebody that just wants to really compete. I, I want to see that competitive spirit in our quarterback. Uh, a guy that, you know, when the game's on the line, you know, he, he wants the ball and in different ways, either making the, the throws, doing it with his legs, or, you know, putting us in the right call. So those are the things I'm really looking for, those intangibles. Um, I don't want to go with the unknown. I want to go with a proven winner. And somebody that knows what it's like to grind and go through some adversity because we're going to go through that. Speaking of the Chiefs, in your mind, how, how close do you feel this team is to be able to beat them consistently? Yeah, that's the key word, consistently. Right. Um, you can do it one time. You can be a one-hit wonder. Mm-hmm. I know that's what everybody expects us to do, but we're expecting to compete and try to build a team and a staff and a roster to do that. And, again, it's going to start with, you know, to be honest, it's got to start with your defense because you got to you got to deal with the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. And the head coach were very good, the best of the best, man. Going to go down is probably gold jackets. You know, let's, let's call it spade to spade. And um, how close are we? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have that answer today. Um, once the roster gets built and you see the staff work together, um, I think that's going to be the critical part about it. I think our mindset is there, though. I think we believe we can compete with them. We just got to go out there and do it. When you say proven uh, on quarterback, uh, does that – can you can you see that in a college quarterback uh, in terms of the, the, the proven to deal with adversity and things like that? Can that come from a college quarterback, or is it more of a veteran guy? Yeah, well, I think you want guys with a bunch of starts underneath their belt. You don't want a one-hit wonder. You don't want a guy that had a one-year success and say that's the guy. No, I think you want somebody that's been battle-tested, um, that, like I said, talked about it, has been through <laughs> adversity, uh, that's had challenges, that had to either have a competition battle. He was just handing the keys day one. Uh, he's kind of went through that because that's going to be a process here, whatever we do. You know what I mean? I don't care if we're bringing a veteran or not. Aiden's our starter. They got to beat out Aiden. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the facts. And that's not, that's not coaching talk. Aiden did a hell of a job, man. And, uh, and the thing about it, he hasn't blinked. With all this noise and all this stuff about the quarterback play, he just comes to work every day, works out, does his thing. It's beautiful to see. Has the game changed at all where now you look at young quarterbacks in the draft and you look at more in terms of impact as opposed to maybe long-term potential? So you're talking about just strictly the draft? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would hope whoever we draft, that's the route we go. If that's who the starter becomes, you know. And if it, again, I'll go back if it's Aiden or if it's somebody we draft or we bring in. You don't want to put a Band-Aid at that position. Uh, that's, that's old, man. That's old. That's, I think the Raiders, we've seen that enough in this organization. And I know we had Derek Carter for a bunch of years, but, you know, after, before him and after him, it's been a bunch of one-stop guys. And, I don't think any organization wants that. You want the face of your franchise to be the quarterback, to be that guy you can count on for the next 10 years. You've been through this process kind of on the other side, going through you know, pro days as a player and having to do these interviews. How unique is it of an experience to have to be on the other side now doing this as a coach? It's cool because I get to call their bluff. I know when they BS me. So that's the best part of the interviews. We've been having a lot of fun with the guys in here because they're coming there guarded. we got this booklet that got thousands of information and all these things that we know about the player already and it's cool to sit there and watch and see if they're going to tell the truth be blunt and honest or try to you know guard themselves and we've gotten both you know you got the guys that have been so blunt we're like okay hold on that's a little too much information <laughs> you know i didn't mean all that but but then you got the other guy that's just like nope they never did nothing wrong nope nope like come on man like you know mr perfect and 
it's cool to kind of see through that. And it's funny that once we have a little bit more dialogue uh, throughout this process, they open up more and more. But it, I mean, it's a very stressful time for these guys. I mean, multiple interviews, you're on the clock, you hear horns buzzing, people yelling out of halls. It's, a, it's really interesting to see who's, who can stay focused, you know, throughout this, this time period. And if, who takes it serious? You know what I mean? Because uh, these guys get drafted, but that don't mean they'll all be good pros. I mean, it's, it's another, that's just one step of the process. So you look for the guys, like I said, they got that, that look in their eye. And you can really feel it. You can see the guys that's entitled, got NIL, which is an issue because uh, they come in already kind of privileged uh, in that sense. And they got money to bank. Well, when I came to the league, I was broke. You know what I mean? So I, every little dollar I got to miss something to me. These guys already got damn jewelry on and Louis Vuitton rocking this rolling already. So uh, just, just looking for the right, right fit for us. Sometimes you gotta, to get what you want, you gotta go get it and be aggressive in getting it. Um, would you be open to, uh, if, you, if you guys fall in love with one of those quarterbacks going up and, and making it happen and giving up whatever it might take to, to make it happen? Yeah, I'm sure that's something Telesco's already spoke about, but uh, that's my personality. As you guys still saw and witness, uh, I'm a go-getter. But you know, obviously that's gotta be a collective agreement. Right. All right, there it is. Uh, the first part of the Antonio Pierce scrum from yesterday. And a lot of good stuff that comes out of there, especially towards the end, as the question was presented uh, first by Q about, you know, trying to find what is this kind of style of quarterback you're looking for. But then as you started to kind of open them up to say, like, would you be open to trading up to find the right guys that you're looking for? And he was definitely up for that. What did you think about when he's like, I'm trying to find leaders? I want the competitive spirit. Somebody who's going to go for that challenge against Mahomes when the game is on the line. Proven winner. He used that term several times. Somebody who's gone through adversity. What does that tell you, Vinny? Yeah, well, and then also that he doesn't want a Band-Aid. And that, that <laughs> they've been doing that far too long. And I know that he kind of stopped, kind of, um, you know, uh, collected himself a little bit. And, you know, obviously he didn't necessarily want to dry, uh, throw Derek Carr under the bus uh, by any means. But, you know, he didn't want to classify him as a Band-Aid. Um, but if you the Raiders had had opportunities to to try to improve from Derek Carr uh, over the years, and and they were they just weren't aggressive in, in trying to do that, and I think that that was a mistake. Um, and so he wasn't abandoned necessarily, but I think they settled at times uh, for Derek Carr when there could have been other options by being aggressive, by being bold. So if I'm a Raider fan, uh, I'm happy to hear a head coach finally have the guts to say that's not what we want to do anymore and if it means being aggressive and even rolling the dice even with the understanding that it might not work we all get that you know uh, it's people always talk, bring that up well there's no guarantee well obviously there's no guarantee but that doesn't mean that you should be scared to take the chance to be great and i think that that's what the point that he's trying to make and trying to say like look that's how, that is who i am i am a go-getter and sometimes you have to go make it happen and i think that's the first time at least since i've been covering this team that i've heard that coming from the head coach and i think that's a breath of fresh air because i think that's what's needed uh, you don't just sit tight and become great Sometimes you have to be bold, and I think Antonio Pierce is wired that way, and I think that's uh, good news for Raider fans. Well, and I think it's also great news just how he he has his personality and that there are other personalities in the building too, and a lot of his early comments you know, talk about 
for some reason, I, we think it's a knock when you have other head coaches in the building. It, it, we th- always think it's going to be some ego Olympics where it's going to be a power struggle. And I just don't think that is is something that's logically uh, based in anything. And so I, I, he understands that. And I think somebody who is willing to admit that they don't know everything is a, literally the best starting point possible because he said, you're gonna, I'm going to have to have problem solvers because there's going to be a point where I don't know. I'm going to have to lean on them to help shepherd me through this because there's just so much responsibility and you have to make the best decision possible. And so uh, I, I think that's exactly what you want in your head coach, uh, somebody who's going to go to bat for the player, somebody that's going to be aggressive, that's going to be uh, that type of person. Um, but I'm also glad that the Raiders have surrounded him with a bunch of other uh diverse thoughts that mm-hmm. can make the best decision possible for this team. And you know what, Vin? It might be go up and get it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think that they're definitely uh, uh, thinking along those lines. Obviously, as we've talked about, you need two to tango. So that's predicated partly on uh, or mostly on, on what teams are open to trading. Uh, but to your point about the head coaches, you also have to look at um, look at look at the the career arc and and where Joe Philbin and Marvin Lewis are. They're not looking to be head coaches again. You know, they're they're at the other side where they are perfectly fine being consultants, being uh, you know uh, you know that 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 wisdom uh, for a young head coach. So um, I'm with you. I think that you know uh, you can never have too much brain power, but you sometimes have to be careful because there are guys that have. Uh, agendas, you know, that sure. former head coach that are, you know, um, and it happens because we're talking, we are talking about human beings and, and I think people will be blown away by some things that how people get undercut from time to time by their own, you know, on their own staff. Uh, that does happen. But I think in Joe Philbin and, and Marvin Lewis, you have two guys that understand where they are in their careers and what they can lend to a young head coach and their willingness uh, to impart that knowledge and be that resource uh, for, for a young coach. But I also like what Antonio said, too, about, um, you know, bringing in diverse thinking. Uh, maybe not every – he doesn't want – and we talked to him uh, before we even got into that room with him uh, about a lot of different subjects, and he didn't want a like-thinking people because, you, you know, you want to be able to talk the same language, you want to be able to be on the same page, obviously, and you don't want um, – you know, you don't want battles and conflict all the time because that's just a big waste of time. But you want people that have different ideas and you also want people that are open to different ideas and see if, oh, okay, you know what, if we add that, that you're saying with what we're doing over here and, you know, where I'm headed with this, that could make it even better. So uh, it sounds like that's what he was striving for and, and we'll see if that's what he got. But on, on, on the surface, it looks like that's what he got. Yeah, well, we're talking about the NFL Combine, Antonio Pierce speaking yesterday uh, in, in Indianapolis, and I, I think the word that he used uh, is problem solvers. I want problem solvers, and that's why you have like a diverse group of guys that are going to sit there and kind of like challenge, but also offer their, their opinions. And he's like, I want others to speak their opinion. This is not a dictatorship. That can also be an ideal spot for a team that feels like they're getting really close to where they want to be, and they go and take a risk on a young quarterback in the draft to maybe move up and find you know, a franchise quarterback. They say, he said, AP says, I want that 10-year guy. So yeah. now you're going to have a – you bring in a – you go and like roll the dice. 
you bring in somebody that you've uh, you know kind of mortgaged some draft picks for, some capital for, but now you're coming into a staff that's going to be there and has seen so many different different issues with young quarterbacks and young players, and that can help you like you really bridge the gap to where like we can find the right person, but also they're going to come into an environment that's going to be supportive. It's going to be challenging, but at the same time, they know that you're going to be competing for a spot there, and you got the right kind of a setup around you. Now he also brought up Aiden O'Connell is the starter, and you're going to have to compete with him. So he's also looking for a battle-tested guy that's had to kind of beat out other guys. What did you think about that? Because I think that still shows a, a, a certain amount of confidence in O'Connell. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, and look, if um, Q and I talked about this yesterday, if if it's not the worst-case scenario if you do bring in a rookie quarterback, and maybe uh, through training camp it, it's, it's obvious that right now Aiden O'Connell is the better option. He's not a bad option no. in that scenario. And then you bide your time and hope that the rookie uh, that you invested in you know, finally turns that corner and away he goes. Uh, but but Aiden O'Connell did go five and four as a starter. That's not easy to do for even veteran backup quarterbacks, um, let alone a rookie quarterback playing for the first for the first time. And so I think he I think um, Antonio understands what he has uh, in in Aiden O'Connell. Um, so set that off to the side, and whoever comes here is going to have to compete uh, with Aiden. I think that's the right framework frame of mind. Uh, that's the right way to uh, to look at it, and, and hopefully that young quarterback, if that, if that's the route that they go ends up beating out Aiden Connell, and, and that's the best-case uh, scenario right there. But when he talked about experience, when he talked about battle-tested, when he talked about dealing with some adversity, well, you look at all the quarterbacks, uh, let's just say the top four quarterbacks right now, every one of them have, have kind of gone through something, you know, whether it was Caleb Williams having to go to Oklahoma as a freshman and beat out Spencer Rattler, who, by the way, was a five-star recruit and coming off a pretty good season at Oklahoma in his freshman year. And Caleb goes in there and was willing to compete, willing to sign there, even though following a five-star recruit. Um, Some guys don't even want that challenge. Caleb accepted that challenge, went over there uh, and beat Spencer out pretty handedly. Uh, and, and won that job. And then when his coach leaves, he's got to up and move to USC to be with Lincoln Riley, um, accepted that challenge. And then you look at this year for Caleb Williams, it didn't go as well as it did the year before. Um, but he, he battled through and, and uh, you know, is, is got to the other side of that. A guy like Jaden Daniels started his career at Arizona State. Yes. By the way, the, the recruiting coordinator for Arizona State, and we're going to hear this a, a little bit later, um, was – Antonio Pierce. And what did Antonio Pierce tell 155-pound uh, Jaden Daniels when he, when he first met him at, I think it was 15 years old? You're going to win the Heisman Trophy. And what happens? He wins the Heisman Trophy. Granted, it was with, it was with um, LSU. He had to go transfer to LSU. The co- we all understand what happened with the coaching staff uh, there at Arizona State. So he battled his own uh, adversity. J.J. McCarthy, uh, playing a lot of – all these guys have played a lot of football, and I put a lot into that. They're winners. Uh, you look at what Jaden Daniels was able to, to pull off at, at LSU, making a not such a great roster, uh, very competitive. They beat Alabama uh, while he was there. Obviously, J.J. McCarthy goes 27-1, and uh, or 28-1, and I think it was, in, in, his, in his career starts. That's something that, that says something, so yep. there's your winner. And he beat out good quarterbacks to kind of like move his way up the ranks. Right, exactly. So, so it's really interesting that some of the characteristics, or all those characteristics that that uh, Antonio was talking about and, and what he wants in his quarterback are all right there uh, among these top candidates.
All right, what do you guys think? Give us your thoughts here at 702-365-9200. Vinny live in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. What do you think about the way Antonio Pierce is thinking about the next quarterback? No Band-Aid. They want a 10-year guy. They want somebody who's battle-tested, a proven winner, and has gone through adversity. 702-365-9200 is our text and phones. We'll take a break and come back with you. I think that's going to be the critical part about it. I think our mindset is there, though. I think we believe we can compete with them. We just gotta go out there and do it. When you say proven uh, on quarterback, uh, does that can you can you see that in a college quarterback uh, in terms of the, the, the proven to deal with adversity and things like that? Can that come from a college quarterback, or is it more of a veteran guy? Yeah, well, I think you want guys with a bunch of starts underneath their belt. You don't want a one-hit wonder. You don't want a guy that had a one-year success and say that's the guy. No, I think you want somebody that's been battle-tested. Um, that, like I said, talked about it. It's been through <laughs> adversity. Uh, that's had challenges, that had to either have a competition battle. He was just handing the keys day one. Uh, he's kind of went through that because that's going to be the process here, whatever we do. You know what I mean? I don't care if we're bringing a veteran or not. Aiden's our starter. They're going to beat out Aiden. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the facts, and that's not that's not coaching talk. Aiden did a hell of a job, man. And, uh, and the thing about it, he hasn't blinked. With all this noise and all this stuff about the quarterback play, he just comes to work every day, works out, does his thing. It's beautiful to see. Antonio Pierce from yesterday's Presser, his little scrum with Raiders Media. We're back here on Raider Nation Radio. Thanks for being with us on the morning tailgate. Lindsey Brown, Clay Baker, and you, Vinny, live in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. And you know what? The way they sound and the way AP sounds, it always I always feel so confident the way he presents everything, and it almost makes me feel like, hey, uh, you know, if they are open to moving up to find their right kind of quarterback, the guy that they feel you know is necessary to move forward. A 10-year guy, as he referred to it as. I, I'm confident that they're going to get it done. I mean, I, for me, I, I was it was kind of like a jolt of fresh air, like saying like, all right, yeah, you know, we, we like everybody. You know, most GMs and coaches will say that this time around. But no, if we really like somebody, we want to go get them. I think that's yeah. refreshing. No, 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 no doubt about it. And, uh, and, and the understanding that you need um, – you need greatness at that position. Uh, there's, there's really like I was just looking at some t- statistics on, you know, who's won Super Bowls, who's been to Super Bowls, and overwhelmingly, um, you know, the the highest percentage of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks was were drafted number one overall and in the first round, and sometimes in the top five, certainly in the top ten. So when you start whittling it down to where you find your great quarterbacks. It's usually there. Of course, there's outliers. You know, Tom Brady, we all get it, was a fifth-round pick. Brock Purdy, who hasn't won a Super Bowl but has definitely been competitive, was a seventh-round you know, round pick. But those are outliers. It can happen. But it's really hard to find those quarterbacks in those rounds. There's way more seventh, sixth, fifth-rounders, fourth-rounders who just never did squat in the NFL. Whereas, uh, and, and, of course, there were busts in the first round. But generally speaking your best opportunity to get the kind of great quarterbacks that you need to win at the highest levels are going to be in that first round and so sometimes and where the Raiders are drafting number 13 could somebody fall to them yes um is it likely that one of the top guys are going to fall to them no so therefore in order to get one of those top guys that are considered the top guys of this draft you're going to have to make it happen I wonder if AP is irked by the fact that it's one thing to not participate in drills, but do you think he's irked by Caleb Williams making the decision not to go through any medical stuff too? Do you think that kind of rubs him the wrong way? 
No, I think that um, th- that'll all all of that uh, will will come out. You know, the, the medical records are the medical records. Uh, to my knowledge, he's got a pretty clean, you know, bill of health. So that that's all uh, accessible in terms of you know the, uh, the your, your team medical staff getting it, getting uh, you know, uh, being able to, to scour over uh, the. Uh, those, you know, the, the x-rays and the MRIs and all that kind of stuff, that's all that's all out there and, and available to them. Uh, he'll do his pro day. There's nothing really for, for Caleb Williams to gain uh, on some of those things here in this setting. You could probably only hurt yourself, so why even risk it? If I was Caleb Williams' agent, um, I would tell him to do exactly what he's doing. Come in here, talk to the teams, you know, do whatever, um, you know, uh, all along those lines. But you don't have to go out there and throw. Just go, I, you know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> I was talking off to the side uh, with Tom Telesco, and uh, he's like, hey, how long are you staying here? You know, I'm, I'm leaving Sunday morning. And the reason being, he's like, wow, that's a long time. You know, why? And I go, I want to, I want to, uh, you know, watch the quarterbacks on Saturday. And you know what his answer was? Just, just go watch the game. Just go watch the games. <laughs> you know, so... I, and and you know he was he, he said it kind of half jokingly, but but he, he was so absolutely. The combine doesn't matter. <laughs> what? What? You know, he, no. In in terms of you know he, he, uh, uh, you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying like that's going to be the real tell. Go watch the tape. You know um, yes here being able to interface uh, with with players and put them through all the whatever you're you're going to try the pressure you're going to uh, you know put them on. Are are under in that kind of a setting? I mean, imagine having you know Antonio Pierce, who's been there, knowing that, and looking at you, saying, "I know you're BSing me right now." <laughs> you know, oh, that'd be great. I right? know your I know your guarded answers are reve- not revealing exactly what I want to know, <laughs> yeah. but your insecurities are <laughs> exactly. And he he seems to be the type that uh, you know he'll poke you a little bit um, and and see how you're going to react. So there's there's definitely value uh, in that. There's value in the medicals. There's value in you know some of the uh, some of the agility drills for some of the positions, but in terms of like watching a quarterback throw here, I love it just to because I'm a I'm a, I'm a sicko when it comes to that. But as Tom Telesco said, the bottom line is really you're going to get more information just watching right. the game tape mm-hmm. on that end of it. Yeah, I love that. I think that's good because he's trying to also say like everything you need to know about them is in their highlight packages and in their game tape. That's what you need to see. You got to watch a full game of them to really understand what you're going to see. And then at the combine, they're all going to look really good. Yeah, and that's that's that that's that sliding scale uh, that he was talking about in terms of the skill set. There are, however, and and we've seen this over the years where guys who I remember there was a quarterback from from Michigan State, and uh, you could probably help me out with the name um, Clay, but. Mm-hmm. He wasn't voted a team captain at Michigan State. Typically, your quarterback's going to be a team captain. And uh, he was just kind of labeled sort of a bad apple, you know, uh, a bad, kind, of a, kind of a weird dude in a way. And, <laughs> There's been a few of them out of Michigan State. Yeah. Right. And it, and it totally came to fruition in his interviews where yeah. he was drafted. He came and went uh, in the NFL. So uh, I think skill-wise, everything's there on the tape especially for the quarterbacks, as Antonio was talking about, that have played a lot of football, not just that one season, the Mitchell Trubisky uh, syndrome, or the, or the uh, you know, Mark Sanchez only played, I think, one full season at, at, at USC, didn't play a lot of football. And so you're not, you're, you may not see everything in that, one, in that one season, but for these quarterbacks who have played multiple seasons as a starter, you're probably going to find out everything you need to know skill-wise on that tape. But there's a lot to be said, especially, I, every position counts in this regard, but more than anything at quarterback, your mental makeup 
your leadership abilities, how you interface with people, how you conduct yourself, and right. and, and, and all of those things are, are extremely important. And time and time and time again, we've shown that it's it's been shown that when you kind of overlook that factor or or just say ah it's fine you know he'll get better at that you you're usually going to get burned when you don't pay enough attention to that side of it because ultimately that's who you are as a person forget as a player it's who you are as a person right and that's why Jeff Smoker was taken in the sixth round uh, of the 2004 draft by the Rams and not much higher even though he did lead the largest comeback in college football history one year against Northwestern Michigan State all right we'll take a break we'll come back on the other side it's Raider Nation Radio live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis 